I would shop not, at Whole Foods but, but if I could afford it. Max was bragging to me about his Whole Foods meat earlier, and I was like, dude, get your meat out of my face and not worry about it, man. He likes my meat in his face. He likes it even more when I put it in his mouth. I gotta mouth. go pee. I'll see you guys in the <laughs> Don't be a dick. Chili Mac, that's some brain sex right there. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That high quality 96, uh, 96.4 ground beef. You can't find the way that come from Whole Foods. You, oh, that gets a, a Walmart, man. <laughs> it like See, did I play with the Velcro Pygmy, so you think I'm yeah. loaded? Oh, yeah, I ain't no. got no money. No, this dude shops at Whole Foods. I know he does. <laughs> I know yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I shop nothing at Whole wrong Foods. with Whole Foods. Like, be healthy, wellness. All about it. Again, I, w- I would encourage everyone to be more healthy. Like, if you can healthy. afford it, you know, like, go for it. <laughs> Again, like, you, if you can afford health in the United States, like, go for it. <laughs> I couldn't afford I couldn't afford to pay a plumber to fix my water line day. I was out there at 1030 this morning. Yeah. I get home at 5 o'clock. Christy and I get back. She, she played an acoustic gig in Birmingham. I'm in a gig in Cartersville. She finishes her acoustic gig, comes, drives over to pick me up so I could be here to do this awesome fucking podcast, mm-hmm. and I still don't have any running water in the house. Mm. No plumbers. The plumbers supposed to be here Thursday. No show. Friday. No show. Saturday. No show. You know what? Tell them to rotor rooter this. Get out of here, man. Back that. Back that rotor rooter up. <laughs> it wasn't it. a shit pipe, man. It was a water <laughs> pipe. Come on. Hey, look, you're an electrician, so I don't expect you to understand. <laughs> Just know that water and electricity <laughs> don't mix. Uh-huh. I know, right? Yeah. I don't have plumbers correct. And now we're back. I, we are back. We're back. With and uh, if you judged me for doing the thing, well, I'm sorry. Go for yourself. Because mm. look, we aren't trying to be PC here. We are just trying to enjoy each other's company, have funny conversations, and maybe some insightful conversations. Maybe. If we come to Ed realization, if there's an epiphany moment, yay. But know this: we are not here to hurt anybody's feelings on purpose. If you can't t- if you can't take a joke, maybe you need to reevaluate your life and maybe not worry so much about what we're doing and saying and worry more about why you're feeling and thinking the way you are. For sure. So well, it's all love. Yeah. It's all oh, yeah. Love. I mean, I mean, it's all it's all love. But, you know, at some point, you know, you got to check yourself or you wreck yourself. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Okay. So. Up. More so about part, you. More about two. Max. Of, part two of Brain Snacks with Jackson Max. Woo! We're here with Max weekly. Let's hear about your life, like your childhood. I told you about mine, so I want to hear about your uh, your childhood. Just what city, ma- just a what, city. What made the Maximus Hawk? A lot of random mistakes. A lot of <laughs> a lot of bad choices. A lot of good choices. Um, I'd say it all started back in Lafayette, Louisiana, August 16th. Underneath the Spanish moss. 1984. <laughs> when the most beautiful woman ever, Brownie Joan points. Medier, pushed me out. Mm. And you're welcome, world. You can thank my mother. But no, he tried to show me his placenta. I was like, dude, put that up. 
Hey, hey, hey. Funny story. I, I hear, funny I, story. My seventh grade um, biology teacher, um, no, ninth grade biology teacher, he mm-hmm. brought his placenta one day. I thought it was really, really cool. Did, did you pardon? Shout out. Did you, did you fry it up? I hear that's what they do. Uh, no, he kept it in the bucket. I mean, see, see in Louisiana. And he connected it what? back to his body and he said, it feels like I'm home again. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So hopefully that's Mr. Good. Pardon will see this. <laughs> I'm really succeeding. Anyways. So enough of me interrupting. I was born and raised in Southern Louisiana. And a lot of people don't get that uh, because I don't. I don't talk like Coach O'Shaughnessy. Oh, good. Win today. Go, go Tigers. Come on, go Tigers. Go, go Tigers. But uh, my mother's an English teacher, so I, I was raised to be a little bit better with my grammar and uh, speak a little bit more properly. But also, I've done so much traveling in the last 10 years that if I did start out with an accent, I managed to not have one. Uh, when I first met my wife, uh, Chris, the Chrissy. Uh, she the lovely Chrissy. The lovely Chrissy. She didn't even know where I was from. She didn't know, realize I was from Southern Louisiana. She thought oh, yeah. I was from Pennsylvania. I'm like, <laughs> I don't say yins. I say y'all. <laughs> but uh, growing up in Southern Louisiana was fun uh, to, the ex- to the extent that, you know, award on your dick is fun. <laughs> Did you say pop? Hmm. Yeah, Do you say pop in Louisiana or you say soda? Coke. Coke. We say Coke. We say Coke. So it's, it's Coke. So it's still dirty South. It, there is, I mean, it doesn't get much more dirty than Alabama, but I'd yeah, say I know, that swamp, that swamp. Well, no, I'd, I'd say on, on the dirty South scale, there's Mississippi. Oh dude, what a toilet. Then there's Alabama. <laughs> I mean, no offense to all the wonderful clubs, the world famous Velcro pygmies, pygmies, polygamies, Pay. <laughs> wow. Wow. The world you famous is, is Velcro this, polygamy. Velcro polygamy. <laughs> is this. Is, no is, that, is that a Freudian slip? Do you know some stuff that I don't know about the Velcro pygmies? Because, like, was that a Freudian slip? Does no, anybody man. else get it? Get, no, no, man. Somebody paid me to say that. I think it was Chrissy. <laughs> What's, um, what the hell, Chrissy? <laughs> but no. Uh, again, dirty, dirty South checklist. Number one, top of the list got to be mississippi and I'll, I'll, honestly the velcro pygmies really don't play in mississippi so whatever we got to skip over it when we go to texas you can blur that out dusty <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I like that you're getting into it now this is this is great this yeah. is this, this is energetic so yeah no in mississippi then number two would be alabama then number three would be louisiana and then four well no i'm gonna go go back i'm gonna have to re readjust these figures because I'm going to have to say that Florida would be number one. Florida is a... Because um, you don't hear about the Mississippi man status. It's always the Florida man status. Uh, if yeah. there's ever... If a, it's a Florida man doing an anything, like... Con- contrived and <laughs> up scenario where somebody went to jail over something. Yeah. It's something something completely random that you, like, you, you actually stop when you see the article and go, what? Florida man skins sister's cousin for what? What is even Florida? And, and it's Florida man. Yeah, it's always so, a Florida so yeah, man. I'm gonna, as far as Dirty South goes, we're going to have to reevaluate that. Florida. And so Alabama actually gets to jump down the list, which is good. You don't want to be number one in this scenario. No. So Florida, and then we'll go Mississippi, and then we'll go Alabama, then Louisiana, then Georgia. Okay. Okay. I agree with I think Georgia Georgia's Georgia's a little bit more cultured. I mean, now Georgia has than it Atlanta, used to be. so Georgia's like, you know, it's got its little Nashville or its little LA, you know. Not so, so much anymore. I mean, I mean it's, it's just, I mean, it's, I'm, well, I mean, for, for people of color, Atlanta's a big deal, I think. Like, there's a lot of black TV, if you want to, I mean, if we want to call it that. I mean, 
saying there's a lot are we, of... Are we going there already? Like, I mean, this I'm just saying. This was supposed to be about like, me, and we just way off base already. But no, let's keep right, going. Okay, keep, I, right. like, I, like, I like where we're at. It's Max, fine. Uh, Max is from the dirty south, and I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> He, he wants me. He wants me to be in this podcast, but he's trying to censor me. I don't understand. <laughs> trying to censor you. This is gonna be, this is gonna be awesome. Uh, I'm gonna say that uh, neither of us should review the review or read the comments. I think that's gonna be Dustin's job since mm-hmm. Dust, Dustin is is the the moderator. I'm not, we'll go with moder- We'll go with moderator. Dustin, Dustin will be the moderator, not necessarily for all of social media, but definitely for the troll comments because there will be many. Oh, but we need it. We're gonna have to get. Some of those, and we'll react to them. Oh, oh I, I mean, like, yeah, for sure, <laughs> definitely. Like, like the, the the nastiest, meanest ones, like low blows to the skull. Oh yeah, oh we need it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm down with this. All right, so you're from the Dirty South, so and that's what I know so far about Maximus Honk, Southern Louisiana, born and raised. I have one older brother. He's three and a half years older than I am, and he's actually the reason that I got into music. Uh, problem with that was that I kind of idolized my brother growing up. And not that that's a problem, but having the right mentor that teaches you the right life lessons mm-hmm. or the right way or the way things should be done, the wrong way, the wrong way things shouldn't be done. Having the right person in your life to influence you is paramount to Probably. to your your growth as a person. And... I didn't learn until way later on in life that uh, my my initial hero complex with my older brother would be a pretty big hindrance and detriment to me as a person and my personal growth. Uh, because watching my older brother, you know, he's a cool kid. He's into metal. And like I got into metal. I love like just hardcore double bass. Give me some chugging. Yeah. But this is old school metal. This is before gent was ever a thing. You know, He's I'm going to go back and Megadeth, say I'll, Metallica. No, 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 no. I'm talking System like, of a Down. I'm talking. You're talking like bands that most people won't. John for Cowboy. But, well, let's say, let's say, you know, Pantera. Okay. Def, definitely was one of the big ones, but also like a band called Acid Bath, which I just introduced my wife to, uh, I think this last weekend. And she was horrified <laughs> i'm not familiar horrified with that, but I'll have to I, check I, I will I, I obviously we can't play it now and uh i can't like we're not gonna license this music because uh no but it's pretty morbid Cattle i was kind of a, i was kind of a dark kid you like cannibal corpse too uh it, um, strangled. smashed face that was one of the first songs i learned on guitar with <laughs> Hell yeah! Isn't it crazy how like they think you're gonna be a serial killer if you like metal? Again, I mean, like with due reason. Like in all, fa- if, in all if, fairness, if a, how do you know I'm not? I travel the country. I, I mean, could be getting away with it every day, and nobody would know. Of dun, course, dun, I don't dun. drive a creepy van. <laughs> but we know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so if we ever wanted to get one, oh, if I needed to move a body, I knew who to call. <laughs> right, Dustin? Yes. yes so your brother. So you idolized your so, brother. I idolized my brother, it, but it, it turns out that. Uh, he made a lot of poor life decisions and I followed in his, in his example, I followed his example on a lot of things, but I managed to actually learn from a lot of his mistakes as well. So before I got caught up in any, uh, any extreme drug addiction, there may have been some experimentation, but I'm not going to lie. 
So don't freak out. We're not going to judge you for don't, that. We're not going to freak out. We don't judge people. But here. no, I, I, I didn't realize this until later in life. Uh, but in my, in my teens, I, I dabbled. I smoked a little bit of the reefer. You know, this is, but I never got in trouble for it. Uh, I actually came, my, my mom asked me point blank one day and I came clean about like, boop. I was like, yeah, yeah was uh, the, okay. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. she probably smoked a lot too. Well, that's neither here nor there. Don't, <laughs> don't you be talking about my mama. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Sorry to the war mama. It's Mrs. Arsenault now to you, sir. <laughs> Mrs. Arsenault now. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, but uh, no, I, I dabbled. In high school, and then uh, alcohol came into the picture when 14, 15 years old. Mm. So you got started early? Mm, but I stopped early, too. So that's, oh, hey, that's, that, that's, key, to this, that's key to this part of this, uh, the tail end of the story. Sure. So throughout high school, I was kind of like you, very similar in, this, in a lot of these respects. Is uh, kind of an outcast. Even though I was probably way more accepted than you for the simple fact that I played football. And okay. I was actually pretty decent at I football. I never guessed that. Yeah, nobody would. I, mean, not, I would not seeing, never ever guess that. Not like knowing you. Max Ward today. <laughs> you would never think that he oh, was. You're, you're no, pretty buff. I was I'm pretty buff. I'm, I'm actually the same size I was in high school. Oh, holy Suck God. on that, people I went to high school with. They gained 40 pounds. Boom. He's not the fat guy. I'm, I'm kidding, guys. I love you all. Please he like and subscribe. He also invented post-its. <laughs> Like this isn't Romy and Michelle's hey, hey, high school that. reunion. You got that. I, I don't Where see how that? you do that because you're 15 years younger than I am. I knew that. I know. That's He's had this crazy. the guy that shoes this tall. But no. Uh, but throughout high school, I you know had a lot of people try to start fights with me, and then I w- I got jumped twice. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you had to. So you were a fighter. Or Be, you were just no. Like, you were just no. I was not a fighter. I was I, I was a victim most of the time, primarily because I. But didn't, you got a couple good looks in though. Every once in a while, typically I just get my ass kicked. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, That's why I have a mohawk now. It's under the hat. Like, but, but nobody picks the mohawk. So no. Also, I will hit you in the face with my bass guitar before I punch you because you I'm not damaging my money makers. No, no. So yeah, got got a lot of shit when I was in high school, and you know how it goes. You you went through very similar circumstances. However, again. I didn't have, I had dial up. I didn't have DSL, high speed internet. I didn't have any of this. So I didn't get, <clears throat> I wish I would have become a better musician. I started playing, I got my first guitar, I think it was 13 and no lessons, no nothing. And I didn't know how to do anything except power chords. I couldn't play any acoustic style chords, like open chords, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible, terrible musician. Still am, but I've gotten oh, whatever, I've gotten dude. less worse. Dude. <laughs> that double negative is gonna drive my mother. I won't let you say that. Less man. worse. You kill it. More more worser? You kill it. Yeah. Well, I I try uh, well again, we talked about this last episode. I try to be a an I'm an entertainer first. First and foremost now, especially. But I've always kind of been that way. That's why I always really sucked at well, my I mean, instruments. I mean, in a band like the Velcro Pygmies, yeah. I mean you gotta you gotta do that. You yeah. gotta give that first. Mm-hmm. So after 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 the 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 travesty that was me attempting to learn how to play guitar, uh, my senior year of high school, uh, my brother, who shall appear several times throughout my life as a an ill omen, uh, he comes into my he, get, he Wait, comes back, he comes back you, into my you life. Guys, are you guys cool now? Oh, uh, we're I love him, okay. but I don't talk to him. No, he's your I, brother. I, I wrote him off. 
for the most part. Uh, like, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I want him to better himself as a person. But at this point, I'm just like, I can't help those that won't help themselves. For and sure. I've tried, I've tried to save him. And I use that term very poorly, but I've tried to help him most of my, uh, well, this goes back to even high school. I've tried to help him most of my life. And the more I try to help him, there's like the deeper he digs a hole. Right. And I just, at a certain point, especially once me and my wife, uh, we weren't married at the time, but once we started getting more serious, I, I had pretty much just had to cut him out for a while. And again, I've, I've tried to give him multiple chances and I'm not writing, writing him off as a person or a family member for the rest of my life. At one point I did swear off and told him, I was like, you're dead to me. Don't ever call me. Don't talk to me. Well, we can get maybe get into that in a, one of the future podcasts. Yeah, man. But smoothing right along, my older brother moved back into the picture of my life uh, when I was a senior in high school. Which was great because he was twenty one and I was seventeen. Oh, so you got so the hookup. I'm not going to say that I, I got <laughs> I got alcohol whatever I want, but I got alcohol whatever I oh, want. Yeah. Everybody needs and, that buddy. Yeah, well, he's uh, all my friends. Uh, my my buddy Dwight Arsenault, he was a guitar player. Me and him used to jam together. Uh, we had a drummer in in high school as well. His name. Justin Abear, we called him Monkey, and there's an awesomely funny story about that. Man, and, I, yeah. and I can't really talk about without embarrassing some girl, so I won't do that today. Not on let's just say, let's just say that he was. We nicknamed him Monkey because if we called him Head publicly, he would never get a blow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This was this was when Corn was like at their pinnacle of oh. fame. Oh. So this was like 2000, 2000, so 2001. This is, this is a corn reference. I yeah. just, I just got that. Yeah. That so was a Brian, and Brian, monkey, Brian yeah. and monkey. Yeah. yeah but Brian head Welch and then monkey. Monkey's the bass player. No. Fieldy was the bass Fieldy. player. I'm sorry. Sorry. Corn army. Don't jump on. Sorry. Me. Bass players. Apologize to my people. It's okay. I only worship Les Claypool. Les Claypool for acting like a fool of the mighty premise. See, I can, I can, I can quote Limp Bizkit lyrics like, hmm, I am. You look like Fred Durst more and more every day. Uh, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Chocolate starfish! <laughs> we'll keep on rolling, baby! Paper chainsaw! Funny, I like, I, I loved Limp Bizkit in high school, too, which makes yeah. me a really big piece of shit. But I can't <laughs> <feel> that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's one, one. Don't listen to Limp Bizkit, kids. One, one thing I never got over is I still love Limp Bizkit, man. It's, hey, man, they It's just it. fun. It's they fun music. It. It it's hits. fun music. I mean, and break when break stuff came when out. When breakdown comes out. You get like. Yeah, I, can, I can hear it in my head. I, again, I wish we could play a lot of this on the on, on the podcast, but no licensing and you're going to be deplatformed. And burr, burr, burr. Actually, I think Fred Durst and them might actually get behind it because they were all about Napster. Oh, like, That's how far I go back. I was okay, downloading so crap from Napster. Dude, well, I got my, I, I actually downloaded the greatest hits Limp Biscuit album from not Napster, but LimeWire mm -hmm. and using BitTorrent, doing some illegal Pirate Bay type stuff. I, that's how what I got. What's the statute of limitations on that download? Oh, I don't understand. Hey, Dust, Dustin, 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 Dustin. Lawyer up. <laughs> Dustin, save me. I'm not okay. going to jail like that. <laughs> not for downloading I'm not, I'm, not worried. I'm not worried so much about, about that. I'm worried about the fine and then the potential financial leaning that, that's going to oh. come onto your bank account. Dude, I wipe that computer. You'll never find it. <laughs> just, just, just microwave the hard drive. It'll be fine. It's, it's not. Three years. You're good. Three okay, years. Okay. Well, boom. Yeah, and they're never going to 
find it anyway. So okay, okay, we're good. So yeah, we don't we don't advocate the piracy of uh, copyrighted content. No disclaimer. If you are enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and review so you never miss a fresh, tasty episode. And now, back to the show. So now, th- now that we've got that out of the way, but everything's a remix and a ripoff. So, so yeah, that that's my my senior year. We had corn was huge. Lincoln Park had just dropped Hybrid Theory. Disturbed second album, I think, was about to drop. So yeah, like it was a great time for new metal. Like you know, yeah, like and it was raunchy and awful. I wore Jinko jeans. I'm talking. <laughs> Like the cargo? Oh, no. Like, like I'm talking like the super ultra wide legs. Oh, like, where it like, looked like you were floating when you were walking because oh, your yeah. legs, di- your feet didn't even touch. Heck yeah. Your legs never touched the fe- the denim. You're just like giant pipes. It's like, yeah. It's awesome. Like MC Hammer on us. Oh, no. No, no, no. no, no. Not, Again, not the wide leg all the way down. Okay, all the so way no, down. No, all no the taper. Way down. No, no taper. Okay. Zero taper. And, and look at me now in my skinny jeans. I know. I, I kind of went the opposite too. direction in my older age. Well, it's hip, man, and and you do shop at Whole Foods, so you you better you be wearing the skinny jeans. Look, man, I can't afford he, Whole look, Foods. I don't know if it was I would or not, shop but, at Whole Foods. But Max if I was bragging it. to me about his Whole Foods meat earlier, and I was like, dude, get your meat out of my face. I'm not worried about it, man. <laughs> he likes my meat in his face. He likes it even more when I put it in his I gotta mouth. I got to go pee. I'll see you guys in a little So my brother starts a band with them. They can't find a bass player. 17-year-old me. No, at the time, 16. 16-year-old me, they asked me if I want to play bass. I'm like, well, I don't have one. We should go buy one. Okay. At this point, by the way, I was not smoking pot anymore. I had sworn off it because I see my brother get on some harsher stuff. So I was like, "Uh, maybe I don't want to be involved in the controlled substances that could land me in jail. So I just stuck with whiskey. It's a good choice. (laughs) This is at 16. Yeah, it's a great choice. It's a great life decision. I mean... You know, stick with whiskey, but you know, you're not doing, well, you're not doing cocaine off of urinal these days. Well, not anymore. No, oh. not recently. No, no, no not recently. You, mm, okay. No, no, no. All right. This is a family friendly podcast. Not really. No, no. But go, I got, I went out and bought a hot pink Yamaha bass that sounded like ass and I was a bass player, but it looked and, cool that, and, it, and it? that was, that was how it started. And then my brother, being my brother, he decided that he wanted to have arguments. And then he challenged, he actually challenged me and said that uh, you will never be more popular or get more FaceTime than I will as a singer. Because my brother's a singer, guitar player. Mm. Just and ego. I just kind of went, <laughs> just ego. It sounds like challenge accepted. So... Instead of focusing on my craft as a bass player, as a musician, I focused on my craft as an entertainer and performer. And I crushed it. And you were the favorite member. Well, I wouldn't say I was the favorite. He was the favorite. But I would say that I was top four out of the four members. <laughs> yeah. That's a safe bet. <laughs> I was definitely not number five. That's a safe so bet. I was top I was top four, maybe, maybe top three. I don't know. But that that band was a lot of fun and uh but you and still, and you still carry that over. Oh you, well yeah. You still are. But I've I've learned I've learned to to at least try to keep the two in harmony. So between talent and 
the performance. If you if you can't do the justice uh, do justice to the the song you're playing at least a tiny bit, then you can't really you're not really doing your job. Right. And, uh, this this is what I do for a living. Still is play music for a living, uh, and balancing being the musicianship with the entertainment side is it's a very fine edged sword. And whenever I make that, I'm I'm a half step off because I'm jumping around or throwing my bass around it's like not a as noticeable. Well, it's just jazz. That's mm-hmm. what I say. It's a jazz fill. Mm-hmm. It's an improv fill. Yeah. So it's not a mistake. I meant to be a half step off there and then walk it up or walk it back a half a foot. Yeah. And nobody noticed because you looked badass. I mean well, again, fake it, fake it till you make it. Yeah. I've been I've been faking it as a bass player my whole career. And well, everybody thinks I'm this pretty, pretty great bass player. I'm well, just I mean, like, well, I mean, you like, have no idea. Well, I, mean, you, just, I have no idea what I'm doing anytime. I have actually, I'm actually pretty proud of where but I But you am. have that mix though. You have, you have that, like you are a good bass player. You, you hold it down. It's good, but you're also jumping around being crazy. So like that takes talent to do that. Well, back to my first band, that wasn't always the case. Oh, you just... I will. When I first started, I didn't understand the the theory or concept behind being part of a rhythm section. I thought, again, coming from, you know, the, the very minimal guitar experience I had, uh, all everything I knew on guitar, it's like, well, I'll just play it on bass. So instead of playing power chords, I'll just play my one string and I can ride the E and maybe even the A, but never, never go down past those two strings you right. never you don't need you those just, two strings just, they're unnecessary they're just they're just, just totally in the way. nikki six that thing yeah pretty much i mean so that was and and no offense to nikki six but you know well he he he's a solid writer oh yeah for sure now the bass player he's like meh and he and he has good reason for doing that but massive performer and entertainer dude and this sexy parts like come on like some of the sexiest sounding parts mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can I can get behind that. So, the first band, my my brother, after he challenged me, and I like to think that it rose to the challenge. But <laughs> again, my brother was also the twenty one year old guy hanging out with high school kids, right? Which at the time I wasn't just like red flag. That didn't that didn't occur to me. At you the just time. thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I thought I had the cooler older brother. I just now I keep looking back at it and I just keep thinking of Matthew McConaughey just going, "Oh right, oh right, oh right." That's what I like about high school girls. I keep getting older and they stay the same age. Bam! See, I, and it was uh, so gross, my, by my, the way. my my brother's my brother's ego started getting in in his own way a lot, and that band ended up apart repeatedly and then i moved on and started working uh my first job was actually working in a movie theater i worked at carmike cinemas in lafayette and uh i've always been snack booth tickets snack booth like brain snacks i've been doing brain snacks my whole life snack booth man the snack booth yeah that's what this is this is called the snack booth snack booth that's our our studio oh that's snack booth we've officially coined Snack booth. We're gonna have to get pictures Snack of this after time. after it. Yep. So yeah, snack booth was. Uh, I was in the concession stand. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want a sticker? Do you want me to make it? No. I, you may want to give me a sticker after I finish my first job story. Uh, I went in there. No experience 
I knew how to work. Uh, That's my my old man. Uh, not deadbeat, but just wasn't a very understanding individual of uh, my want to be a musician. Like I wanted to be a, a rock star way more than I wanted to be a football star. Right. I love playing football because I liked hitting people. It's awesome. I get to go like, you're, you're telling me that you want me to run full speed and hit this dude as hard as I can. Like I'm legally, in. I can't punch him or drop kick him, but you, you want me to what? Yeah. Oh, like I was all about that. But again, once I, I started getting into music, I was just all about it. He, my and his relationship started really separating from there, uh, which which, by the way, my, my, my parents had gotten divorced at a very early age for me. But it was they were there was a very amicable uh, separation and they were always really good. Uh, they, they were great co-parents. Right. Up until they weren't at the end. But but uh, it, I don't know. we don't need to talk too deep about that. But continuing on uh, after the bands good, with my older brother uh, broke up. He moved from where we were living in Mo, Louisiana. You can talk about Country Boy. Where is I don't Mo? even know if you can find Mo on a map. You would have to Google it. What town you would, would have you to like go it. into? Like, you, like it's town. between it's uh, Highway One Sixty Seven. There's Lafayette, Louisiana. There's Maurice, Louisiana, and then there's a whole bunch of One Sixty Seven where Mo is. Okay. And Mo, I think we had one gas station. And that's M-E-A-U-X if you're looking that up, Dustin. M-E-A-U-X. Mo, Louisiana. M- give me some Mo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this little podunk town, there was no music, no, no, not that many musicians anyway. There were a lot of band nerds, uh, which our drummer was one of the band. He was actually probably, you could probably crown him king band nerd. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He, he got... He got named Captain of the Drumline, and they had a whole T-shirt line, which I think he might still have a T-shirt. I don't. I, I don't talk to these people anymore. That's just that's my that's first. High that's that's you know, it's not my. It's not that I hate them. It's just uh, I've outgrown that that part of my life. It happens, and it's not that I, again. Not that I wouldn't talk to them. I just it's just your past no just game. go, and it's yeah. just I've, I've I've let go. Life of what, happens. Well, I, by letting go of. A lot of those people and just not pursuing relationships with them. I've let go a lot of my my past, uh, what I consider to be failures or shortcomings, um, which took a long, long, long time to get hell yeah. Go. So moving moving on. I'm glad you did though. I'm glad you did. You so, did. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So that. so Lafayette, Maurice, one sixty seven. Highway 167, and then there's Abbeville, Louisiana. And then past Abbeville, then you go down south towards New Iberia. So that was, and, it, and again, it's very hard to find this place on a map. But Dustin didn't find it, I don't think. Dustin didn't find it? No. Well, it's hard. It's hard to find. I found it. Oh, he found I it. I would say, yeah. A lot of fields. A lot of fields. <laughs> it's just a- And you know what's, you know, what, it's funny uh, is that it, it's it's actually grown quite a bit since uh, I graduated in 2002 from North Vermillion High School. Go Patriots. I didn't play football my senior year, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I told, Why not? I told my coach he was a piece of <laughs> shit. Uh, no, I, I, I laughed at him because uh, I didn't make – I wasn't giving my all for the, the, the summer workout program because I was more busy 
working at a movie theater. Right. And, you know, macking on chicks and, you know, playing music. Dream gig. Like, why would I care about football at this point? I was like, I, I went to the gym and I made the workouts, but he started talking down to me. And I, he was just like, well, it seems to me like you'd rather be playing music than playing football. You're not committing to your team. And I said, yeah. Thank you. It does seem that way, don't it? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's something that always gets to me about like an, ex- like a morbidly obese individual just talking coaching down to you. Co- like, well, no coaching, coaching a football team and screaming at me to run. I'm like, are you do as you say, like, are you, you're, you're really going to sit there in way too short, short shorts and a shirt that's probably three sizes too small and tell me that I need to be running more sprints. Yeah, man, get some laps in. You know what? Why, why, why don't you wash your hands? Or yeah, you talk to me, man. I mean, you're not exactly leading by example here, Coach Jumanville. I don't even know if he's, he's still talking alive. to you. I hope if, if he, if God rest his soul, he wasn't a bad man, right. but he was one of those very judgmental people that didn't understand what I wanted to do with my life. That I like, I enjoyed playing football. I wanted to play football and I was actually pretty good at it. I started my, my junior year on both sides of the football. So you just played <clears> one year? No, I played, I played football for five years. Okay. Uh, in high school, I did freshman, junior, uh, freshman, sophomore, junior. And I quit my senior year, which is rare, especially at the school. That's I like your in. big, that's yeah. like your moment. And yeah, and I just didn't care. Yeah. But the year that I started, every game that I started, we won. And now this is just superstition because I know I'm not the reason we won. I wasn't, I wasn't the Joe Burrow of North Vermillion like High you, School you Patriots. The- no, I wasn't carrying the team by any stretch. But I think maybe I was a lucky charm, in all honesty, because it's the only year that the high school won the division and we made it to the second round of playoffs, which there's, I think, there's only three rounds of playoffs. So in your bracket, there's, you have two games in playoffs and then you have the state championship in your division. So we were 2A, we made it to the second round of playoffs. I didn't start that game. We lost. Hmm. There was well, one. I mean, there knows, was one like, other. There was one other game that season that we also lost, and that was also another game that I didn't start. Maybe you were. Maybe I mean, maybe Mister Calling is a football star. I'm saying I'm that saying. maybe I was just a good luck charm, and that maybe you should have started me and then benched me at the first <laughs> play. How about them apples? Maybe, you, maybe I did, he would have been did, playing football. I did letter in football, so I did. I got my Letterman's jacket, much to my coach's chagrin, and I had four stripes on it. You know why? Because I. <laughs> paid for them i don't care if i didn't earn them right. i was like i paid for my senior jacket and at the time i was playing when i ordered it my at the end of my junior year i was planning on playing my my senior year right now if my coach hadn't been such a piece of <laughs> i probably wouldn't end up playing which the funny thing is my senior year we went from 2a football to 3a football which is horrible for a team that is not used to playing 3a football they got destroyed oh yeah and it was just the small fish coming in. Oh, like, well, we didn't, we rude didn't, awakening. Like, I think we were only like 20 people over the limit for 2A schools. So it's not like we had a massive influx of like a thousand people so that are like from urban areas that can actually play football. That, and that's not, yeah, that's not at all. I'm just saying we were not in an, we were a country school. And our, it, it, outside of our district, you had Abbeville, Kaplan, which had more rural urban areas right we were not it's a fact that was not that was not who we were as a school mm-hmm. we we did have some extremely talented individuals we also had some really crappy individuals 
didn't matter what color you were. I'm just saying we did not have a talent pool. Oh, I wasn't. I was. I was just kidding. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm. Being I mean, real. you're spitting facts, but I said it was a racial slur. I was. Yeah. It was not a racial slur. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, when they moved up to three A, they didn't have the talent pool to back it up, and it just got destroyed. And I, I had, I only had to go to school through fifth period, so I could leave at lunch, and I usually go to work. I was right. work at the movie theater. Well, <clears throat> my fifth period class was guess who was my teacher coach. financial financial math coach Jumanville, the son of a bitch that tried to make me feel like i want to be a musician more than being a football player and every single monday i usually cut fourth and fifth period because i could but uh every monday i would stay through fifth period just to sit in the front row and look yes. at him and look him in the eye and say how was the game you guys, you guys do okay? It's no, like, and they got crushed. I can be a spiteful mother. You don't. There's there's a side max that doesn't come out that often, but if it does, you better steer clear. You hear that, Dustin? We got it. We're gonna get out of here in the van. If he, oh, if he, we're good. We're good. If he clicks into no, uh, it, it takes it takes oh, so smash. it takes so much now compared to when I was younger to to push me to the point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to ruin your next six months. Right. And it's not that I actively plan it. It's that I have a very sharp tongue mm. and it's like, I will ninja into your head and manipulate you into questioning almost everything you've ever done. I like, I've, I know I have the power to do it. It, it, it is that a on me. superpower and I hate using it. And I, sometimes I use it inadvertently. I don't know. I'm I just, mean, I mean, it to me is an admirable quality. To well, be able I, to be able to do that, yeah. I mean, but but it's the restraint that I learned over time. Yeah, because I, I have burned a lot of bridges over the course of thirty six years, and, hopefully and there are a lot of them that I don't care about burning. Like I I set, I happily set some of them on fire, but I I can honestly go back and say you know there's a lot of people that I treated poorly. That looking back on it now, like the person that I was then compared to the person I like completely different completely different person uh i've always been i've always thought i was a very caring individual but i used to not give up yeah about somebody that tried to poke me or anyone any one of my friends and i would i would make it my goal of the day to just ruin theirs and when i say ruin theirs like there's a reason i got jumped in high school i was like i was a pretty nice guy but if you started poking me there's a reason that I got hit. Right. Most of the time, uh, not going to say I deserved it. No, man. I don't think. No, man. It. Come on, man. You deserve it. But yeah, it's been, it, it was, yeah, that was, that was a, high school was a hazy time of my life. Yeah. And then moving, moving after, after high school, uh, my brother moved to Baton Rouge. I started, I, I ended up quitting. This the cinema, the movie theater. For those of you that don't equate cinema to movie theater, uh, when I moved there, uh, I moved from there and I started building fences. Okay, manual labor. Heck yeah! So wood, chain link, vinyl. Mm. I did it all. I worked my way up the food chain. I back in two thousand and three. I tell you what, eight fifty an hour at 
18 years old seemed like great living but not in july oh, oh no 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 but yeah again that just goes to show is like uh, doing an honest day's work honest day's pay yeah i was an idiot i should never stay at that job as long as i did i ended up hurting my back uh i pulled a muscle in my lower back and it just never got right yeah it, to this day it's still like it'll act up if i don't uh stretch and by stretching i mean yoga mm. and I, mean, I, do, like, I, do, I do i do like, I, I do hot naked yoga i, I don't mm. really do hot naked yoga if but you it, did it is, i wouldn't it is you, it man. is naked but i wouldn't classify it as hot i mean hey man you need to get you need to get with mother earth you gotta get a return back you to know i don't now. i don't like the bugs crawling on me when i'm when i'm, when I'm doing my hot naked but are you doing it outside no well i mean, if, I you're, mean if i'm getting close to to gaia i, mean, why, yeah, why I guess we? i guess i don't know i just kind of assume you would do it inside if you're no I, I i actually do I do, I do like 10 minutes of yoga every day. You spread peanut butter on? That's what well, I, I mean, you know, only when my dogs need a treat. All right, guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. There's no way we need to hear anything else about Max after that. <laughs> we know Max is a sexual predator. It's, it's, it's hey, not man, a sexual crime. By the way, your are dog. you registered yet? Because I've, I've, I need to talk to you about that. How to do that. <laughs> Oh, so you know you, you you know all about that. You gone door to door? Don't paint me into this Don't. corner. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, red-handed. Doesn't John the van? <laughs> By the way, we're gonna we're gonna get a free candy decal made for you. Yes, yes. I guess so you were doing fence. Yeah. And, so I'm, and I'm doing, how, I'm how doing did we fencing. Get from fence to and well, I I later moved from fencing and I started working in the oil field, but. I didn't go and work offshore. I was not going to work offshore. Okay. Uh, my, my, my dad used to train, uh, do the safety training seminars for uh, all these companies, OSHA, uh, OSHA standards for all these people. Really? And uh, I grew up on the OSHA regulations and safety. And I was actually a trained medic first aid responder when I was the age of 10 or 11. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And if you had a big boo boo, I could fix it. Yeah, that's awesome. Or at least patch you up to get you to the hospital without you bleeding out, uh, which was, again, great knowledge. Uh, helped a lot in high school when I was getting. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> I, could, I could doctor myself. I don't know. That's awesome, dude. Like, I never would have guessed that. But, I, mean, I mean, I would because you're so like, you're still like, I feel like you could still be a medic if you wanted to. Oh, it, I, I'm definitely not grossed out by it. Blood yeah. and gore. I mean, again, you were talking about the horror movie thing. I, I love it. I love it. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, oh, also yeah. known as Evil Dead 3. And I've just been binge watching Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, nice. I haven't, I haven't even watched it. I love Bruce Campbell as an actor and as a human being. I think Bruce Campbell with a chainsaw hand is my spirit animal. Okay. I'm going to have to watch it. I. Uh, Go back and watch Evil Dead Boom 2. Stick. You don't need a, Yes. Yes. Listen up, you primitive screwheads. <laughs> Shop smart. This is my boomstick. Shop smart. Yes. That is a wholehearted endorsement for you guys to go out and search. Anything with Bruce Campbell in it is going to be really campy, pretty corny, and absolutely delightful. Oh, hell yeah. So... Oh, where was I now? Okay, so working oil field, oil field, OSHA. There's a reason that I didn't go offshore is because I met all these rig workers, all the roughnecks, all the pipe pipe fitters. These people 
scared me and not like that they were terrifying as people, but their inability to grasp very simple concepts of safety scared the shit out of me. Because I was like, I'm going to go offshore. And when you're 50 miles, 100 miles all out to sea or out in the Gulf on an oil field, you're not getting life flighted out of there and you're not going to get to a hospital in an hour. No. So your life is effectively in other, like all everybody else's hands. You have to trust somebody else to not <laughs> and drop a two ton pipe on your foot or on you as a person. There, there, are, even a worse. Lot, there are a lot of accidents on, explosions. on a lot of these rigs. It, it's not even the explosions. Take, take out of the equation the fact that they're, you know, pulling, you know, potentially flammable, ignitable substances out of the ocean. Not a big deal. Like, I'm all for burning some gas. That's what I do for a living. I travel, I run the roads. Uh, I wish gas prices were a little bit cheaper, but, you know, they're going to go up now. And we're not going to talk about why, because. Because we're not going to go there. But you're all the equipment necessary to do to do all this stuff. You're talking about giant pieces of equipment that are hanging on a crane two or three hundred feet in the air. And they're trying to affix this pipe that's 150 feet to shove it down this hole. And there are clamps that go around it that are suspended, again, 100 feet in the air. If if, If somebody at the shop messed up and didn't put the right teeth on the clamp, well, that... That pipe just comes loose and may not come loose immediately, but you know, there's, there's no wind in the Gulf shore, you know, Gulf shores. There's no, there's no wind. So there's not going to be any weird, there's no chance that pipe could swing at any point. And the person, there's somebody that's supposed to be holding that pipe steady with, with cable. Mm, If they're, if they're not paying attention again, you're, you're talking the odds for me after seeing and witnessing these people firsthand as a kid, like, I would not trust them with my life. There's no reason. There's Heck no, no way I would ever go work offshore. That's not. That's not saying these aren't good people. No, I'm not saying that they're stupid people. I'm just, just saying that if you do a job, wasn't for you. If you like, do a job long enough, you will get careless. And yeah. I'm not going to put myself in that position. And that's so no exception in, to dangerous. So I worked in the shop. So I worked in the shop, and I did that for a little while, and then my brother calls me. Uh. This was two, three years. I just turned 21. Yeah, just turned 21. My brother called me and asked me if I wanted to come work for his band. He was playing in a band out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana called Anaset. Uh, a great group of guys, except for the singer and maybe my brother. Uh, so I went out there and I started working, working with them. They had a band house, one big community. I got to travel all over the Southeast, uh, going down this, this way before there's some people that may get this reference, but, uh, club La Vila, mm-hmm. but club La Vila pre 2008. So like it was popping, like, popping. insane. It was a good time. So I got to meet a lot of people. I made a lot of connections. And then, uh, the bass player for Anaset, his name's Adam Crosby, phenomenal person as, as an individual, you cannot meet a nicer guy. He's honestly just the sweetest most caring individual on the planet has no reason to be no reason to be but he is just people are the best he is just super great guy uh he became my mentor as a musician but 
circling back around to my older brother who was again i see it now didn't see it at the time who was a horrible mentor was that all this time all i've seen from musicians because i didn't i came from a small town i didn't know like any other musicians and i heard stories about rock stars you know partying hard right but all i saw for the first six years of my exposure my initial exposure to live music and live musicians was just inebriation that's all it was mm-hmm. just uh, 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 shot shot and then we smoke a little bit but it was just non-stop debauchery and that's what i thought it was, this is the life this like- is what you're supposed to do so that's the path that I went down at again, I had already been kind of going down that path, and it just like at 21, it was just like, woo, head first dive yeah. into the shallow end. Let's see how this ends. And that that went on for a while. Uh, and then I decided after under the tutelage of Adam Crosby, I actually learned how to play the bass guitar and actually got okay. I became a much better, uh, much better player. I understood how to play with a drummer. I understood. I started understanding rhythm. I needed to be where, where, you know, where your kick is it. That's, that's where I want the majority of my inflections. Yeah. So I learned a lot, a lot about the metronome as well from him. And that, that's what really just propelled me forward in my music career. And then from there, uh, I ended up telling my brother and them to go F off. Uh, I started, I started a band with a friend of mine. Uh Oh, we've got a company. Hey, come here, come here. I mean, if, if you guys are going to interrupt the podcast, you're going to interrupt the podcast. Come here. Come here. There you go. Here's one. There we go. Oh. We got one. So for those of you, again, that don't know who we who we are, uh, me and my wife, Chrissy, these are our dogs. This is Kiska. And that this is Petra. is Petra. And they have been such good boys. We've been recording the better up. part of the afternoon today, and they have been silent. And I think the only reason they came out was because Dustin was making some adjustments. So I'm the problem. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying that's, I mean, is, that. Does this look like no, a problem to you? You're, yeah. Does this look like a problem to you? Does this look like a problem? You're just going to hang out? Okay. All right. So I I had that's a myriad. I had a myriad. No, it's fine. We can hold them if we're you good? want. Yeah. We're good. Okay. I just look a little scared. I think I think they'll be happy with it. I think this will be the greatest podcast ever now. Yeah, like just look at the let's look at them. We're just gonna chill. Oh yeah, people people will watch you know uh, crazy cat videos. I think they'll watch adorable dog videos too. Look very comfortable. We'll be trending number one on YouTube in no time. Oh yeah, adorable. So I had a myriad of bands uh, after I, after I quit working with my older brother uh, and them. I kept in touch with uh, Adam Crosby again. Still, still to this day, a wonderful man. Uh, just a wonderful soul. He's now, he still plays, but he doesn't play full time. Uh, I'm not sure what he does. I know, I know he, he works his ass off doing something now, but he got married. Uh, he has two beautiful kids, uh, beautiful wife, beautiful family. Thank you. Uh, and I, I, I learned a lot from him. And then again, con- conversely from my older brother, the other mentor, uh, I learned a lot of what I should never have done. Right. And again, it's all hindsight's 2020. You know, you look back at your life and you go, man, if only I knew. It's like, well, who else was I supposed to look to? You know, at, all I knew about the music scene, uh, whether it's covers or originals, was get wasted. You right. know, so that's that's the way I, and I lived my life like that until I was 30. 
I quit it's drinking. Long time. Yeah, my me and my wife got married uh, May thirty first, two thousand fifteen, and I quit drinking in September of two thousand fifteen. We were in Key West. Uh, our band was called Gypsy Riot. Right. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Some extremely talented individuals in that band. A lot of people there. I was. This. I was by far we know the weakest link in that band and I never got to see it yeah oh there's a couple of videos maybe i'll pull them up later oh, i've seen video i just i did i just didn't get to witness it in person again we were a great band we weren't quite as entertaining as i would would have liked but that's again with the with the band i'm in now the, the pygmies it's they started being geared towards the entertainment side of it right so I quit drinking in September of 2015. We were in the band. We were down in Key West playing Bike Week, which it was our, I think, our third year playing Bike Week. They loved the, uh, for whatever reason, the venue loved us for Bike Week, and the people that came down for Bike Week, they came down every year. They loved us for Bike Week, and we were playing uh, on the Friday and Saturday. We play day shows because and there's this, this was La Vila? No, this was in Key West. Okay, at um, Key West at Sloppy Joe's. Okay. Which is actually where I proposed to Chrissy. Uh, I proposed oh, yeah? to her on stage, which was life changing. Mm -hmm. But I proposed sure, to her on stage least. because Sloppy Joe's had they were one of the first uh, venues to have live streaming video and audio over the web. Okay. So they, they had Sloppy Joe's webcam. So I called her parents. I called my parents. I called all our friends. I said, hey, you might want to tune in at approximately 11 o'clock your time. That's awesome. So everybody, her family got to see me propose. It was fantastic. And then uh, James, our drummer, he actually got it on video as well. Oh, from that angle? From mm -hmm. the yeah. From the drum, yeah. Yeah. It was very good. That's awesome. And she was, she had no idea. That's she like was super mortified. unique. Like yeah. I bet that most people don't get that experience to yeah. be in a band with their wife. Mm -hmm. And then a lot, a lot of people, again, we can talk about that in a uh, business and personal relationships which is coming up. Yes. But, uh, and we'll, we'll do a deeper dive into my experience with, uh, with blending your professional and personal life and sharing the majority of all aspects of your life with somebody. It's, it, it is a blessing and a curse and I wouldn't have it any other way, but, yeah. but there are a lot of subtleties and nuances that a lot of people think that it's always, oh, it's always great. Or, oh, how have you not killed each other? It's like, well, it's a fine dance. Like anything that's that good is equally that bad. Yeah. Well, it, I, I, I can honestly say it's, like love, it's you know? not, it's not never, it's never that bad. Right. But I mean, it's work. But so yeah, that's, that's but, what, that's what but, I mean by but that. But it's like, not effortless. It, yeah. Like it's, that's the thing like, is it's never going to be Anything that good, you're going to have to work for And it. now there's hair. There's hair everywhere, oh, dude. OCD. Oh, we're going to have to get the lint. And it's all over my jacket now. Oh, me too, man. Oh, yeah. And by the way, we're in the same jacket. I think you meant to match me today or. Hey, hey, I don't have the furry collar. Oh, I've got the uh, trucker collar. The Sherpa. I'm not opposed. No, we're good, dude. Thank you, Dustin. Uh, so, yeah. So from age 14 to 30, I've been playing music. But also have been drinking, and towards the end, the last uh, last two years, uh, I had a really really terrible problem with blaming other people for uh, my band's shortcomings because I knew how good we were, 
And it's not just that I thought we were good. Like I knew, I know what good bands sound like at this point, at that point in my career, I was just like, I know what good music is. Mm -hmm. I know what a tight band sounds like. And I was like, and we are leaps and bounds ahead of the majority of the market. That's our competition. And I use that term loosely. I'm not trying to dissuade or, you know, slander anybody else's band from that time. But like you need that, you need that like, but it was like, I knew how good we were. And I was like, we, we were entertaining band. We were pretty high energy, but we weren't like, again, the huge over the top, you know, Velcro Pygmy esque yeah. show, but we had a great show. We had all the production and, and it was just like, I, I wanted to blame our agent and I wanted to blame other bands and I wanted to blame the venues and I wanted to blame the, the Mardi Gras crews that didn't want to cough up the money and I just kept blaming everybody else for all these problems. And what I ended up understanding uh, the hard way, uh, I didn't lose anything uh, except a lot of pride. <laughs> but that's not a bad a thing. A lot of pride. Well, uh, you it, was, it, it, sometimes. Was, it was it was admitting that nothing was going to get better for me if I continued down the path I was on. And the path I was on was just on a path of utter self-destruction like obliteration because we're talking like i'm blacked out drunk like at that point almost every day Mm. like every day like i didn't know what alcoholism was until i woke up one morning after we played a day set and i don't remember anything after eight o'clock that evening i'll wake up at 11 o'clock the next morning and i didn't do anything like abhorrently wrong you just i just kind of an asshole yeah but i don't remember any like nothing i lost i lost four hours where i was and i (laughs) chrissy got video of it and this is what changed my life uh or that's i guess it changed my life was the 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 switch that made me go okay yeah i'm done yeah uh it was she sent me a video and it was me helping her because she needed a, a vaporizer because uh it's real dry down there because this this all the sea air and as a, as a vocalist you need to keep your vocal cords lubricated so i'm like she's she said something and i just like well fine i guess i'll set up the thing myself god but so like seeing yourself yeah, like yeah that, just seeing, seeing myself like that but not remembering it and i look completely sober like it was like looking at a clone. It was like looking at it's me, but there's no way that's me because you didn't. You but don't. but like I said, but but the the scariest thing for me was that I was I looked, acted stone sober. Like I swear to God, that means not you're really sway, good at it. Not a you slur, I mean? like nothing. And I just went. I saw the video the next morning, ten o'clock, and I went, "Yeah, I'm done." And I didn't wake Chrissy up. Uh, I was embarrassed, terribly embarrassed. And I was worried that my wife was going to leave me. I'm just like, I'm such a piece of shit. I can't believe this. I was like, I'm done. So I I looked on, I got my phone. I looked up, uh, AA meeting Key West. There happened to be one like five blocks away from, uh, the band house. And it started in like 30 minutes. I'm like, well, guess I'm getting dressed. They went down there, ran down there. I sat down. I got got the chip. I listened to everybody do their thing, and I almost didn't 
didn't do the whole raise uh, raising my hand and hi, my name is Max. I'm an alcoholic. I raised my hand. And I was like, after hearing some really scary stuff, like I thought I had done some damage in my life. Probably made you feel a lot better to hear some. It, it, I mean, not, make, not it, better, but you know. It it made me grateful that I came to the realization. You it when you did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But hearing, after hearing some of those stories, I was just like, yep. I raised my hand. I was like, yep, my, my name is Max. Uh, I am an alcoholic and I don't want to lose my band. And uh, more than that, I don't want to lose my wife. So. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was about it. So I got my my first chip. Uh, the next AA meeting was like two or three days later and we were only in, in town for another two or three days. So I went to my second meeting after the second meeting, I heard some more stories and I was just like, this is making me want to drink. And like, I'm in the middle of the Key West. Like, I'm in the middle just... of the Key West gig. Mind you, I'm still playing shows every night, playing three hours of shows. Uh, by the way, after the first, after the first AA meeting, Chrissy texted me actually while I was in the meeting and I had my phone on silent because I was, Again, I was taking this very seriously. But if the wife, if the wife texts you, it's just like, especially after being a piece of shit the night before. Right. So you're answering that phone if you want to stay married anyway. Some people are just like, whatever. <laughs> She's not going to leave me. No, she, she, she will leave she you. She should. She will leave you. For Jackson, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Cut it. But uh, she texts me and she says, hey, where are you? I was like, oh, I'm uh, actually at an AA meeting. She's like, oh, no, seriously, where are you? I'm like, no. <laughs> Here's a selfie. Yep, there's my ticket. She's like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I was man, like, I'm not trying to cut you off. But I got to pee like really, really. really yeah. Bad. Like if we like, yeah. break and then come back. Like, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, let's do Let's do a hard, hard cut here. We hope that you're enjoying the audio version of the podcast. If you'd like to watch the full version, click the link in the description or go to brainsnackspodcast.com. Without any further ado, let's get back to some more brain snacks. We can get back to boom. Here we go. Wait for it. Oh, and we're back. And we're, we're back. back in, we're back in part two after Jackson's three hour piss. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, whatever. We're going we're gonna... <clears> to. <throat> this was good. Yeah, Chinese food was good. We actually did that. Wasn't very good. If you're ever in Gadsden, uh, definitely uh, Golden, Golden China. China. Yeah, Golden China. It's awesome. They have my my wife says it's the the best General Tso's chicken in all of the South, and she's from Pennsylvania, where apparently they have the best Chinese food ever. So I don't know. We I thought that was an Eastern thing. Uh, is that uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. So back to back to my Max. my high school experience from so from high school to now, uh, I've seen such a dramatic change in how how they coddle kids uh, i would have never gotten away with half the shit that i got away with today like um, these kids can like they they operate in school with little to no regulation or oversight however they still try to impose more and more and more regulations on them so when i say coddle and maybe you you Saw some of this while you were in school. Yeah, I say I was one of those kids. So, but no, I'm, what I'm saying is, uh, like everybody's a winner. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the lack of competition. Now, I I think there's a fair argument to say that uh, the testing, uh, not just not only standardized testing, but testing in general, is a very poor substitute for 
actual uh, an actual ability to judge somebody on their knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you could have because test I, anxiety. I, you could well, just we we were be, we discussed this when we were talking about uh, your history. Is you had a, a working functional knowledge of something, but you don't necessarily understand uh, or remember uh, the, the the proper terminology, right? And that's again, it, and that's all a test is. Is like I, I can build a house, but I can't build a blueprint. Uh, read a blueprint, right? You know, some, something something along those lines. It's like which is more important? Yeah, and that's like I I, I agree that to a certain extent, you know, uh, kids should maybe be allowed to restudy uh, study again or retake a test. But I think a lot a lot of what the problem today is is that the kids aren't getting uh, the right education. They keep trying to change the system because it's better for the kids. It's better for the kids. That's like obviously it's not. Because grade scores have been going down continuously and they're being artificially inflated in a lot of cases just because people want the grant money. Right. And which, which is sad. Yeah, it's depressing. Because it's not it's not it's not helping the kids. No. And I, I see these kids with the reach and teach kids. stuff uh, that, that the pygmies do, and it's uh these these kids are great uh innovators, they are creators, and they they want to do such a good job and they typically uh the vast majority of them will put in uh, a lot of effort but there are a couple that will just coast and they will get the same grade as everyone else and the the kids that are coasting through school now it's not that it's it's not just tolerated at some sometimes it just seems like it's encouraged and i see it sometimes from teachers uh, and again, not all, not all, and not all teachers are bad and not all students are lazy, but there are like the overwhelming majority of students are just super lazy. <clears throat> I was super lazy in school, but that was also because I knew I wasn't going to go to college. Right. I knew coming out of high school, I was going to more than likely, my, my goal was to be a musician. I wanted to be a rock star. Now, we'll talk about unrealistic expectations or curbing your expectations and setting realistic goals. Useful information in a, a, in an upcoming weekly episode. But I I learned to manage my own expectations and what, and understood how to redefine success for myself. What I define as success myself now uh, is being a rock star in my field. Uh, so whatever whatever field I'm doing. So if I'm doing video editing or uh, shooting video with with Dustin, uh, as I learn that whole process, trying to be the best me I can be, doesn't mean that I get world renowned uh, world renowned reviews. Right. Uh, it means but it's that satisfying to it you. Mean, yeah, it means, it's it means your, that your... I'm just I, I can look at myself in the mirror and just go, you know what, you <laughs> kicked that thing's ass. You, you were a definition of success, which we're going to get to in episode one or episode three, I think. Mm-hmm. That, that will be technically episode three. Well, first part. Episode two. Part one. Part one. Boom. Jackson right Max brain snacks. Brain snacks. So it's been, it's been a long road since uh, sobriety. Because um, I joined the Pygmies not long after becoming sober, after... Uh, Jacob and Jeremiah Sanders accident in Florence. Uh, and that wasn't really uh, 
And like, I've never been one for, for like higher powers. Like, oh, uh, like I was raised Catholic and, you know, I, I respect the, I respect the religion and I respect, I respect the belief system. Right. Uh, but I've never really felt it. Um, same. What ended up happening was uh, the same time that uh, within, I'm talking days, of Jacob and Jeremiah's initial disappearance, uh, we had taken Chrissy, uh, my wife, for those of you that don't remember, uh, we took the Chrissy down to an ENT to have her scoped because uh, she was having vocal problems. She's the singer in the band we had, Gypsy Riot. Uh, she ended up, she got diagnosed, uh, she had two uh, vocal nodules. The bottom of a vocal cord. So your vocal cords make a V mm-hmm. and they slam together real fast <clears throat> all over time and abuse. And I mean, a lot, very little actually can damage your vocal cords. But what ended up happening, she has two nodules and uh, the doctor recommended that she go through vo- voice therapy and or have surgery. And the voice therapy <clears throat> was going to be a long and also expensive process. And the surgery was going to be extremely risky. Mm. Like even a skilled surgeon could potentially accidentally just barely nick that vocal cord. And then she can't talk forever. Just while freaking while some side of me just went, maybe (laughs) the other side of me went. So we decided against the surgery for her. And it was going to be uh, like six to nine months of vocal rest. And we say no straining of the voice. And your body will actually, uh, over time, it'll reabsorb those uh, those nodes. Well, at the same time... That's so cool how at, your body can just like, you know, fix you, that. Our bodies like, are like, like... Again, the train wreck that I was when I was drinking and partying, like compared to now, uh, from when I when I quit drinking to two, two or three months into the pygmies, I lost 15 pounds. And I've never weighed more than 185. Right. So, and at my size... The heaviest I've ever been was 185. Right now, I probably weigh about 162. Maybe after Chinese food, probably 167. Because <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, it was. But <clears throat> when all this happened, uh, wife gets diagnosed by the ENT with vocal nodules. James and Jeremiah, uh, Jacob and Jeremiah. Wow. Uh, Jacob and Jeremiah are still missing. Not quite presumed dead yet, but not not looking too good. And then uh, me and me and the guys in Gypsy Riot, we all we had a photo shoot scheduled that week. We went and took our photos, and we did a, a support Sanders prayers for Sanders photo uh, op while we were there. <clears throat> and then immediately following the photo shoot, drummer comes over the house and says, "Hey, just let you know, I'm leaving in June. This is in March." You couldn't have told me this six hours earlier before I spent $400 on pictures. Right. He's like, hey, well, at least you have pictures till June. I'm like. (laughs) The rage, man. And we're, and again, keep in mind, uh, this is before Panama City shut down as well. When I, when I say Panama City shut down, I'm talking, uh, like the clubs, like, well, like the, the spring break, spring break in, in Panama City Beach was still popping. Like it was, it was where you went for spring break. Oh yeah. And Gypsy Riot were playing there consistently. Like I think we had uh, three weeks there or two, maybe it was two weeks. Uh, We get our first week done. Again, Jacob and Jeremiah still hadn't been found yet. 
uh, we get four. Yeah, we get four shows in my guitar player. And th- this is only a week after Austin. All this. Yeah. Our guitar player, Austin, comes up and he says, hey, uh, I'm going to be leaving in June. I'm going to L.A. to be a musician, uh, to, to go to Guitar Institute. Uh, Musicians Institute is what it was in, in, uh, in L.A. And he went there and was wildly successful, which, again, I am not ashamed to admit that I was just like super skeptical. Extremely talented, like good looking kid. Like he did the damn thing. I think he's yeah, still with I, New Year's Day. He is still with New Year's Day. And I again... I am. I ate my words. I got to eat my words on that one. He, Dude, great, he defied man. all odds on that. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I hope the best for him. And I actually met up with him because the Pygmies went to Nam in L.A. Oh yeah. Uh, when when we met when we went there, he was actually doing. Uh, he got endorsed by a boss and picked up. And he was actually doing a whole uh, demonstration on the boss stage. Oh, it was sweet. awesome. It was like it was great to see him and like. Like, by that by that point, the bad taste that was in my mouth to everybody, because I felt like everybody was abandoning something that me and Chrissy had spent four and a half years building, and it was extremely successful. But a lot of people in the Pygmy family don't fully understand is we were upset. Like right. as, as booked out as the pigs are, which we typically books, we book some venues, you know, 12 to 14 months out. Like they'll book the whole year out. Well, Gypsy Riot was almost to that level. And we weren't quite making pygmy money, as I understand pygmy money, but we were making pretty close to it. Right. And that was my definition of success at that point, because I just went, my wife and I created this. Chrissy started it by herself. I was helping her with a lot of the stuff to begin with in the beginning, but it was her baby. And then I came on board and it was our baby. And then we just kept building and building and building. And then like, She's diagnosed with vocal vocal nodules. She's going to have to take forced hiatus. Like she can't sing on stage for four hours. It's mm. just not going to happen. Yeah. So it's like, like your whole world's like freaking upside down at this point. Well, at this point, it was just like, we're going to have to. The plan initially was prior to joining the Pygmies, because at that point it was like shutting Gypsy Riot down wasn't an option. It was like we spent too much time and money and like just personal love building this product this brand like so we had a very good friend of ours uh katie p who i swear to god could pass like on stage not up close katie p and chrissy on spring break could pass for twins <laughs> not they, they are not identical and you can definitely tell them apart but like what about the boys though definitely sis de- definitely sisters and they, she's a fantastic singer too her personality sets her aside from Chrissy, though, because she is wild, oh, yeah. wild child, <laughs> but funny, and hilarious. So we were talking, we were in talks to her to maybe come in and fill in for a little while uh, while Chrissy recovered. And then drummer leaves and then guitar player leaves. So I'm just like this band that we spent the last year and a half because uh, Austin had been with us for just over a year and a half. And James had been with us for just over a year. Uh at this point, like my drummer and guitar player is gone. Uh, my wife can't sing. So basically, it's a whole new band around the bass player. <laughs> so like 
in what world does that work? Like, yeah. uh, you know, I may have this explosive personality that some people think is attractive, but I'm just like, I don't know if I could hold the entire stage in my hand. Yeah. So it was the point where like, do, do we put together like, a whole new band? Like the misfits. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I was like, do we, do we put together a whole new band and try, try to just at least stay afloat for the next year? And, you know, then, uh, Bill, the agent for the Pygmies, he hit me up and he said, you know, we'd love to see you in the next Velcro Pygmies uh, picture. And I, by the way, this this was after uh, they did find uh, Jacob and Jeremiah, their, their bodies. Right. Which was yeah, really like, uh, again, even though I didn't know, I, I knew Jacob a little bit. I didn't know J- uh, Jeremiah at all, but uh, I empathize so much with the family, but not just the not just the family. Cause I haven't lost like a, a sibling or a, a, an extreme, like extremely close relative in, right. in a very long time. I've been very fortunate in that regard, but I felt, for, I felt a lot for the band as well. Cause I don't like, <clears throat> as I'm sure you can attest band bands, uh, especially touring bands or bands that are, uh, have been together for a while and play a lot of shows. You become a lot like a family. Oh yeah, like and a like, dysfunctional you, family. Yeah, like, you, when you and when you lose somebody, especially in a, an extremely unexpected way, and this is in no way downplaying, you know, Jacob and Jeremiah's family. Mike and Lydia Sanders are wonderful people, and they are uh, above and beyond some of the most spiritually awakened individuals I've ever met. That's so awesome. Uh, but like I said, I, I I don't know how to empathize so much with them because I don't I, I haven't lost anybody like that close to me in my 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 personal family in a very long time like i i feel it and it makes me like i i kind of almost want to cry right now because that still hits hard feeling for them but i still don't understand it right i understand it a lot more on the rest of the pygmy side so like yet chase and, and uh cam and chris because i understand i can understand what it would be like to you know be at one of your best friends even if it's somebody that you don't like that's in the band like to, for them to just not be there anymore, just like what? That's what? Just a complete loss yeah. for words. Yeah. So when they offered offered the gig, uh, we went we went back and forth and round and round negotiated, and it was pretty much uh, what it boiled down to was I I couldn't do the pygmies without my wife. I was like I told him I was like we can figure out how to make it work you know, for your, in your favor, but also in my favor, but I was like, uh, and the, the argument that the, the agent made, and, and again, I don't blame him for this. Um, and I don't judge him negatively or harshly for this. I don't, no. That doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I don't take, I, I didn't take a personal offense to this and I don't judge him for saying what he said, because this is what a lot of people think is, well, there, there are people that work regular nine to fives, you know, they don't see their fam, their wife or their kids for, you know, a couple of days at a time. And, you know, they're on the road and traveling and this and that. I was like, yeah, that's great for somebody else. It's like, that's not me. It's like, I've spent the last seven years, you know, uh, with the, with this woman, but I've also spent the last four and a half building something with her, sharing every aspect of our lives. Like, you can't ask me to shut that down. And then like, Hey, I, I go from seeing you and, and hanging out with you every day and laughing every day and being, you know, like being in the same bed my, every this day. This is my life, man. To, you know I mean? like, hey, well, I'll see you in, you know, a week. That's not happening. Now, 
and certainly not every week. So what we proposed was we ended up uh, the only the only compromise we could make uh, that made financial sense for both parties, pygmies and the wars, was uh, the Velcro pygmies sorely needed merchandising. Right. Enter Max War with uh, his amateur screen printing shop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I learned how to screen print. Uh, the pygmies hired me and... Uh, Again, slowly, uh, as I felt my creative juices weren't weren't being allowed to flow, I wasn't able to squeeze the juice. Right. Uh, that's that, and you know, a spiteful comment here or there that just lit a fire under my ass. Uh, that's why I started playing acoustic sets. I learned how to play acoustic guitar, play with play shows with my wife again because she'd get up with the pygmies every once in a while, but it's not the same as you know doing a set. Right. So now we have the Velcro Pygmies. We have Love is War. We also have uh, the unofficial name, uh, War Media Designs for my design company, which have not done design Uh work for anybody else in years at this point because I don't have time. And also I just don't have, I don't feel like putting in the energy to really deep dive into uh, Photoshop and uh, Illustrator, Illustrator, yeah. Adobe Illustrator. I have a working great knowledge. tools. I can, I can do, yeah. Great if you want to give us a sponsorship, uh, we're using Adobe Audition, and it crashed on us. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to give you an endorsement. We'd love to give you that for as much money as we're paying for uh, for a subscription. It shouldn't be crashing. Maybe, maybe it shouldn't crash. Just Photoshop. Dustin agrees. One hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. So Adobe, look. We love you guys, but throw us a bone here. You, yeah. can, you can't charge that much for a product that crashes. And we'll certainly not you, when, we'll it, when it almost pack. loses. It, certainly not when it's going to lose an hour and a half worth of quality interview time. Right. Yeah. No, not that. <laughs> no, we'll send you a snack pack. But we also have a pull-pin clothing, which would be the, uh, what we call the pull-pin screen printing. That's yeah. what we call the print shop. Again, the unofficial name. So we got all these new facets, and now we have, boom, Brain Snacks, Brain Snacks. with Jackson Max. Featuring Dustin. And his, <laughs> howdy ho. Just make, sure, just make sure you drop the compression for that. <laughs> Otherwise, it won't get picked up. That, that noise reduction will just like, boop, gone. But no, it's it's been. Uh, for those of you at home, compression is a technical term. I was talking. I was talking. It like compression, squeezy, squeeze it, squeezies. Yeah. Uh, squeeze your. Uh, but no, in 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 terms of the thirty six years that I've been on this planet, I've only felt uh, like the push of from a higher power once that I can that I can actually go whoa, like okay maybe this is where we're supposed to be, and I still don't know if that's what it was or not, but. When everything went down with Gypsy Riot, like the domino effect, when it's like usually bad things in my life, uh, they typically happen in threes and they're pretty three things in, in, a, in a fairly short consecutive time. So like within three months, it's like one a month and then like two weeks, something, something kind of bad will happen. And then yeah. like. Maybe three weeks later, another kind of bad thing will happen. Then followed by, you know, the majority of the rest of the year, just like, ah, harmony. Uh, But prior to that, it was 
what happened with Gypsy Riot with, you know, Chrissy getting diagnosed with vocal nodules and then like immediately following Jacob and Jeremiah go missing. And again, I've known the pig, I knew the pygmies at that point for like seven or eight years prior to the accident. And then after Jacob and Jeremiah's accident, having my guitar player, uh, the, the drummer quit or declare that he's leaving in June. And then immediately following that, it was just like, uh, when, when we got the, the job offer, uh, from the pygmies, it was just like, I don't know if it was the universe testing us, testing our metal. We, me and the wife, we, we debated that, uh, on several different levels. I think it certainly worked out. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not, I guess that's easy for me to say. It, I just, it's not all, it's not always been easy for us because, you know, again, keep, keep in mind, my wife is also an entertainer at heart. She loves being on stage and she went from being on stage. I can definitely you know, tell two, She's awesome, three nights a week. By the way. Thank you. I'm sure, I'm sure she would say thank you as well, but going from being on stage two, three times a week to not at all, you know, that's, that's a big change. Yeah. I mean, again, it, a lot for me changed, but so much more changed for her. And that was, it, it didn't put a huge strain on our relationship. It did not, but it took a huge toll on her personally, which in turn made it again. And it, rolls downhill that, that's the term right yeah. and it's like trying trying to make the best of a bad situation so when all this happened it's like like i said it felt like a higher power calling like like look over here idiot yeah hey no no here dumbass right but like i said we we me and her we debated on it, it was like do, do we you know abort this baby that we created with gypsy riot that we put so much blood sweat and tears in and we got so much joy out of do do we abort this baby and abandon it and go go to where we we think we're supposed to go and now are, are we being tested to see if we're gonna just hold the line for our proverbial baby right how many years were, was gypsy Riot together i don't i didn't know that uh right at five or right, right at or right under five years. Uh, the first, I think it was the first six months, uh, she did it with, uh, she she had hired a, a couple other guys and they had a bass player that was a great guy and seriously an amazing musician, like bass player, guitar player, vocalist, like badass, but he was hired as a bass player. He's flaked out so a lot of personal, a lot of personal demons for him. Right, and I, I heard I I can't confirm, but I heard that he actually got his which, dude. I'm That's all awesome. I'm all about I'm all about an underdog, man. Yeah. Nobody thought you were gonna make it back, dude. Hey, look at you, not being a complete piece of shit. hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 happy just being kind of a piece of shit. Like I, I I make no illusions about it. Like I'm an asshole. I may not be so PC, but it doesn't mean that I don't love you or care about you. Right. I love and care about And that's like me. a big you part know? of this podcast, I think. You that know, was the like... driving force behind it. And I, like, I'm so glad that I found a kindred spirit in you and even in Dustin, even if he's not on camera, he's shaking his head back there. Oh, yeah. He's listening. But like to, to, to find somebody else uh, that wants to have that conversation and wants to talk to people about, you know, just just because you don't like where you are in life doesn't mean that you should take it out on somebody else. And it doesn't mean that you have to be stuck in that where you, where you are in that life. 
And uh, yeah, we can I, get so much further if we just stay positive. And well, stick it's not just like, stay stay positive, but you again, it's take taking the right steps and and making better decisions for yourself. Because you know, with the way society is set up today, and uh, I think a lot of people, I, I touched on this, I think off camera. The world is so centered, especially since the advent of the internet. Mm. The world is so invested in instant gratification for everything. If it doesn't happen now, I can't have it. You know, then I don't need it or I don't want it or it's not good enough. Right. You know, and you our know, attention span is just there, freaking weak, man. Oh, man. This is why I would love to look it up. Uh, I don't know where the quote came from, but good things, all, all good things come to those who wait. Right. Well, it's not just I would like to amend that. It's all good things come to those that are willing to work their ass off. Yeah, not it. wait. You don't wait on something to happen. Well, waiting is part of the game. Patience. Of, yes. You need patience. Patience is good. I like patience that. Patience is like the number one Maybe thing. we can rewrite that. We can make rebrand that with a good <laughs> Brain Snacks to logo. Those who are patient. Yes. Patiently working. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll, 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 work, we'll wordsmith that out some more. Obviously, neither of us are singer, singers, songwriters. Maybe not songwriters. But I can I can stitch together words in a coherent fashion. That's about it. I don't know how artsy it gets. Yeah. But like I, I just having the ability to have a conversation with somebody and actually be anxious to hear what they like. I, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about a lot of stuff we have coming up. Oh yeah, man. And and vice versa to you because you're a smart motherfucker. That's, and it's you not, are a sharp motherfucker too. Yeah, flattery will get you just, everywhere, good sir. Yeah, well. I'm gonna take my jacket off. Okay. You getting all this, Dustin? You see where he touched me? Look at my hands. <laughs> look, at, look at my hands. No. Like, no. Like Keanu Reeves no. over here. Exactly. Yeah, that's, what a, what a dude, that's act, a, man. Okay. There's one one this more th- smart this, move. We're gonna we're gonna shut this fing thing down. Let's let's move on to the next topic. But there's one thing I want any fing pig fan that watches this to know. There's a there's a god reason that I don't take my fing shirt off anymore on stage. I'm not a fing stripper. Yeah. If you're not shoving $20 bills down, and I'm not talking singles, I'm talking 20s or up. So you don't take your shirt off anymore? Nope. So I have, not, I have not had my shirt off on stage at a pygmy show in over a year. It's at least been a year and a half. About the same time I changed my eyeliner up. Really? Yeah. I don't know how I never, I mean, I guess I just. Look, I'm, I, I know. I knew coming into the Pygmies uh, that it's like kind of rowdy, raunchy party band. And again, I'm all about the show. So I get into it and I can be goofy and silly. And I'll yeah, do my pelvic thrust. Yeah. And if you don't have that voice, then you're not really pelvic thrust. <laughs> Are you? I mean, try, try to pelvic thrust at home. Go ahead. You can't really do it without you get that voice on. What is it like South Park it's or something? Little, no, it's a little little exhale. Exhale. It's hard, it's hard when you're gonna or you, you know. All right, guys. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. But no, uh the the problem is We're making uh, a noise. I, I, I knew I knew I knew the deal coming in. But uh also this was the, the first band that I've ever been in where it was just like the fact that I was married wasn't really laughed at or frowned upon. Right. Because every every other band is like me and Chrissy were always kind of quiet about us being in a relationship. 
even prior to being married, uh, when we were doing Gypsy Riot, just because some fans might think it's a turnoff that, oh, well, the bass player's banging the singer, singer's banging. And while I understand that sex sale sells to to a degree, it was an, it was a refreshing change when we came into the pig fam and our relationship wasn't poo pooed. It was celebrated. Right. And in a lot of ways, my wife is far more popular than I ever. Well, will you be guys are like band. a duo, you know, like you guys go to like, well, we are, we are, uh, what has been described by some as an, a modern acoustic duo. You know it, baby. Uh, love is war dot rocks. If you feel so inclined, check it out for some sexy, but that, sexy sounds. But the reason, the reason I don't take the shirt off anymore is because again, uh, I feel that I'm delivering the entertainment value that people are entitled to. Uh, if you request more or you try to forcibly take more by, I don't know, trying to grab my <laughs> while I'm on stage and my wife is standing less than 10 feet away That's from me. a long me. car ride home. No, I'm not. My wife, she's not worried about me. No, 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 no. <laughs> In, in nearly 10 years that it's just annoying yeah but it's it's not that it's annoying it's the it's ex- incredibly disrespectful and like playful funny uh yeah but at a certain point it's just like look motherfucker if i did this to you, if you were on stage as a female right now and i just went up and grabbed your or let's say oh, that i went, went up with, and i went with that one. grabbed you right by the oh how f-ing offended would you be? I'd be in handcuffs the next f-ing day. President. The next f-ing day. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm are not, we ready for a Mohawk president? No, nah, I don't know. I don't know if America. I know what we're ready for is um, oh god, Terry Crews, uh, Idiocracy. Oh, Alejandro uh, Mountain Dew, Monster Truck, whatever. <laughs> Chavez. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that was Mike Judge that. That wrote and directed that. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. I Dude, wish I wish they would have done. So I wish they would have had a little that. bit more of a budget. It's still it's still good to me. Oh, we're, like I like I discovered okay, okay. it after I discovered it. Like we weren't we weren't supposed years. to broach political issues. Okay. Idiocracy is a great film. That's all I was saying. However. Something's happening. No, America is a new age Roman Empire. Uh, we've spread ourselves so thin and we've become so complacent and we've become so politically correct that now we will start to continue because we already we've already crossed. I think we've crossed the point of no return. It's just how long is it going to take for it to fall apart completely? We've already, in my opinion. We've already crossed the point of no return. The nation is so divided and it's never going to come back together. There's, there, there's not one I, I, unless it would have to be an extremely charismatic individual. To and bring. I am not going to ever be that person because I will piss off everybody on both sides. Uh, but the nation is just going to start. Well, it's going to continue to fall apart. Well, it's the, eating itself. The, well, that and it is and is it, it, it is it isn't. There's a lot of outside influences on the nation, but aside from that, the fact that the American public 
at large are so ready to open up and just baby bird that mm-hmm. just gonna it's scary man just gonna swallow what you feed me <laughs> they'll swallow whatever just whatever said whatever on just the, lay here and die yeah, well i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna use the analogy of a kool-aid okay because the, 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 well, the, although the analogy with Kool-Aid has has cult background, and I think that has a lot more to do with both the left and the right right now, it it, it it's blowing my f***ing mind just how blindly people are following both Trump and Biden. Like, both Democrats and Republicans it's crazy are just so blindly running down and, and listening to these political talking head f***s that... They don't care about us. They don't. There's there's no way that they do. And if they did, they would self-impose term limits and not a one of these suckers in office would have taken their salary while shutting down the entire U.S. economy. A public servant. Right. They forget who they work for. Public servant. They don't serve us. Everyone. Okay. I don't like big brushstrokes because that's move. But the vast majority of these politicians are self-serving pieces of hypocrites. And nobody in the media will call them the out because they're cowards. They're bought off or they're CIA. And that's my opinion. Yeah. Hey, look, a lot of truth to that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I don't care if you want to go Fox News, News. I get all man. It's CNN. Like, it's all the media. Right well, and it makes it so hard, especially like for my generation, because like, like I say for my generation, and really for everybody, but like just my experience, like it just makes it so hard to trust like anything. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what the hell. So you, like, dude, like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know we're gonna get to that in some episodes, but I'm just saying, like, that to me is the biggest thing because how, like. In order to do anything, like I, I feel like you need to find some something that's true to start. Yeah, and then you, yeah. and then you can like base off that that truth, base your opinion off that. But like, you have to work so where hard. Do you, where to do you find, find the truth? Where do you find a credible source? I mean, primary. I don't know. You have to go primary. You have mm-hmm. to go like direct. Like it is or it isn't. Like what? Where? where like, again? How do you do that? Numbers, like I guess, are numbers. I mean. Well, prime numbers, maybe. I, don't know. I know nothing about math. Don't yeah. ask me to math. I don't know. As we're getting, we're getting okay. We're here, getting here it is. Uh, so that's that basic half-ass round, extremely long-winded roundabout story of how I became the person I am so far. I think uh, you did a good I job. You lot- condensed thirty-six years into like. I mean, way too long of a conversation. I mean, no, you should have shut the f- up about forty nah, minutes. Dude. No, mine, mine just, <laughs> I just didn't do. It. Like, I didn't. Well, it, it, it's it's okay. Uh, it, I am, but I'm happy uh, well, to be I'm here. A, I'm at a point in my life, and maybe you're not there yet. And I'm not saying you are or aren't, because I'm not going to make that assumption on you. Because I still don't feel like I know you as well as I'd like to. If you know what I mean? God, this guy's a creep. <laughs> yes. I've been telling you this, Dustin. Like, uh, oh. You know. All right. Not too close, though. <laughs> no touchy. Keep no it, touchy. Keep it back, man. No touchy. But no, uh, again, maybe maybe you're, you're not willing to talk about it, but I think you have a pretty good handle on who you are. Uh, I hope so. I don't. I, again, I think so. I, don't, I, don't, I think we can both agree that we're never going to know ourselves completely because we're always 
ever growing, ever ch- ever changing, and ever evolving. So you know, if we keep that in mind, again, we can always revisit this if you ever feel like you want to talk more about it. And I think if you want to talk off camera, that we don't need the yeah, like like. Well, I mean, I mean, like this whole thing, like, is just like reflection. Like, just I don't. I guess I just don't reflect enough. Like thinking about like is my like my life is a story. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe I haven't got to that point yet, but like. I I mean obviously know these events, but like I said, I'm like, why does anybody care? <laughs> I, I like life as a story because I got you know? a lot of blank pages and a lot of blank chapters. I don't remember. Yeah, well, don't get old. This sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you want me to do? I mean, I could easily get. No, 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 no. I mean, I could easily get in a car accident. No, don't get old. Knock it, dude. No. It's okay. I'm a sniper. Triple A. I'm triple A member. Triple A member. Also, AAA. Uh, look, we're we're, yeah, we're right. just fishing for sponsorships right now. It's because we knocked. So we're going to go ahead and shut this off while the dogs sing us out. Yep. Oh. This has been successful. If you are enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and review so you never miss a fresh, tasty episode.